Prey Hockeyans. What's going on, fellow adventurers? Woo! It's time for another Great Cast episode, and I am thrilled to be here. And we've got a full house tonight, or a full bag end, if you if you will. Um, of course, our our uh, illustrious co-host, uh, Reverend Matthew Mateus. How are you, sir? How's it going, hey? Good. Oh, you can't say that anymore, man. You're uh, you live in the United States now, so just enough. I've, I've got to the, practice it. I don't want to lose like my a, Canadian accent. You're a Canadian impersonator now, man, because you're That's an right. Iowan. Welcome I'm to an, the I'm U.S., a, brother. Thank you. It's good to yeah, be man. in the U.S. Yeah, country Across has the just border gotten and, better. What's that smell? Oh yeah, it's freedom. <laughs> wow. All right, man. Hey, glad to have you here. And we've got a special treat for listeners. For those of you who spend inordinate amounts of time, inordinate, inordinate. A lot of time on the internet in the Greyhawk community, particularly I'm thinking in like Cannon Fire and Greyhawk Online and all that. There's a dude hanging around that we know by the name of Norker, but he actually has a non-internet related name that is uh, from a heritage near and dear to my heart from Scotland. And his name is Ewan Cummins. And he's going to be talking to us tonight about, is it Visions of Greyhawk? So Norker, Ewan, wherever you want to call yourself, welcome aboard, sir. You guys can call me Ewan. Uh, you want to thanks for having me on the show it's yeah man. good to have you on glad wow. to have you so we're gonna subject you to the usual start we need a 27 minute 34 second soliloquy from you no pressure on <laughs> how you just kidding on how you got started in role-playing games like take us back to the very beginning and and what got you going into D D and maybe have that somehow end up how did you get into greyhawk so i guess it was um Let's see, D and D. My brother, my older brothers played, um, and you know, I think I played like a one-off with one of them once. And I saw the books before I started playing. You know, I was somewhat interested. I had seen a couple of Dragon magazines, etc., but I really didn't play any at all until, like, in the eighth grade, we moved from Portland, Oregon, where I was born and grew up, to Middle Tennessee. Uh, and I had friends who were interested in gaming there, but I lived in a cabin in the woods, right? And it was pretty far to even like ride a bike into town. I mean, it was it was far away, right? What a what a place to play D and D though. But yeah, exactly. We didn't get to game a lot, but we talked about it. And we were kind of interested in it. When I moved back to Portland for freshman year of high school, so I was born in '77, so freshman year was '90, whatever, early '90s, right? Uh, second edition had come out. Uh, Ravenloft had come out like just a year before, and that was actually the first campaign setting I played. My friend Robert Gresham, who I want to give a shout out to him if it's okay to talk about other stuff. He has a, a little game company online called um, Wayward Roads, where he's uh, produced third-party stuff for Pathfinder, for fifth edition D&D, etc. Full disclosure, I wrote a couple of books for him or was a contributor to a few small ones. Um, Anyway, he, he ran a Ravenloft game, and I played in that. That's really when I started gaming. Uh, with Greyhawk, I went to Pal's Books, which is a great bookstore, if you guys have ever been there. It's, I think, the largest one in North America still. It, it was when I was growing up. Big. It's like a city block um, with uh, three stories and library shelves in it. And they will take your used books and give you store credit. Or cash, never take the cash, always go for the store credit, right? Uh, anyway, they had uh, a game section with just a lot of different stuff. And there's a World of Greyhawk box set that I, know, I probably paid like seven bucks or ten bucks or something for it. It, it was not, not more. 
No, not anymore, but it was not expensive. Um, got a great deal from them on it. And I still have that box. Um, and so that's. Well, that's the end of. No, no, I'm back. I'm back. The camera, the <laughs> camera will cut off now and then. Um, if it cuts off again. Oh, cool. Uh, I'll I'll keep an eye on it. I'll fix it up. So yeah, I must have started with uh, with Greyhawk around that time, um, and then we Greyhawk and Ravenloft were like the two settings that we played the most. My friend usually ran Ravenloft. Sometimes I would run Greyhawk stuff or Homebrew uh, and mix it in. And then gaming wise, what else did we play? We played uh, Cyberpunk 2013 hmm. and 2020 when that came out. A lot of Call of Cthulhu, um, uh, Little Gamma World, some other stuff. But we, AD and D and D and D, we we always came back to. And um, edition wise, I played uh, Moldvay Cook, a Rule Cyclopedia, AD and D Second Edition. Didn't play a lot of first, but my brothers gave me one of my brothers gave me his books. So I had those for reference and we would kind of mix it with second edition. It's not hard mm. to do. Right. Um, I don't want to get too far off track. Does that mostly answer the question? That's a good, yeah, man, yeah. that's a good history. Are you, are you currently doing the classic stuff or have you kind of migrated forward to 5e or like, what are you doing these days? Um, I have run, I ran a 5e game once online, uh, pretty successful. I mean, players cool. had fun. Um, and I played uh, 5e at Virtual Greyhawk Con in, in a game run by Les Reno, and that was fun. So, I mean, I like the edition, but I haven't invested in the books or anything. Um, I ran a, I don't know how, I, I would say 13 years, but we weren't playing the whole time, right? A play-by-post game over the course of 13 years with some breaks to run other stuff. Um that was a Ravenloft game that turned into a Forgotten Realms game. I wrapped that up recently and started a new game, Play by Post, on Mythweavers, AD&D Second Edition, and it's Greyhawk, Scanton, Onwall, pre-wars, first-level characters, and we're just—they're just very early into it now. They're investigating uh, some some creepy stuff. So I've, I've kind of moved back to AD&D Second Edition. Uh, after playing a lot of third, which is a fun system too. Very crunchy though. Uh, and I find not as well adapted to the online gaming that I'm doing. Now, if we sit down at the tabletop, the tactical play in third really comes out. And then it's mm. then it's a lot of fun for me there. Uh, but I find, yeah, AD and second edition serves my purposes really well. It, it has a... Um, a good amount of customization and options, but the archetypes are still pretty strong. The rules aren't overly complicated. You know, I can think of good things to say about every edition of D&D. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm uh, I'm interested in other games too. Like uh, my uh, brother-in-law just gave me his old copy of Marvel Superheroes, you know, Phase <laughs> Rip. Yeah, and I can play that with the kids, right? I mean, that's fun. Know, an eight-year-old that's, could. That's timely now. It's all one chart. Right, I mean that's great, um, and you know I've I've played uh, over the years a lot of Call of Cthulhu, and uh, I'm a I'm a Traveler fan, a Star Frontiers fan, you know Boot, Boot Hill, Star Frontiers, yeah. So can can you still find um, like 
clean copies of the original Star Frontiers? Because man, I was all up in that when that first came out. You can you can buy copies. So Star Frontiers. I don't want to badmouth anybody. Unnamed parties tried to swipe trademarks from Wizards of the Coast, uh, right? <laughs> and Wizards of the Coast was letting a fan site give away all the Star Frontiers files. That's how right. I got. They were letting them give them away. They had permission to do it. They had wow. to stop that and put them on drive through and sell them to protect their trademarks. So but I could Wiz get them on drive through. Okay. Yeah, but you can get them on drive through. You can get print on demand for some of them. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of fan stuff made. Uh, you can get go to Star Frontiersman or um, Frontier Explorer on drive through. Those are free fanzines. They are great. Uh, and they have a lot of added content. Um, that's it. I think uh, StarFrontiers.us might still be up. StarFrontiers.com. There's a big fan community. There's a lot of people making and running stuff. I'm on their Discord also, just not as much as I am Cannon Fire. Sorry for the digression. I that, to... got me all excited there for a second. Yeah, that's that's okay. So, Norker. Yes. You have to tell us where did you come up with the name Norker? I know we know it's a monster, but why'd you pick that monster to be your moniker? Norkers are a monster that I've loved since Fiend Folio, which I also bought at Pal's Books around the same time that I bought the uh, uh, World of Greyhawk box set. But there's a funny thing about them. I've never used Norkers in an adventure because I, I don't want the player characters <laughs> to kill them. I love They're so cute. The fangs and the club. Yeah, the, the Magic the Gathering goblins. Magic the Gathering uh, has Norkers. Does it? Yeah, like Beta Edition, Alpha Beta. They were oh, cool. back when the cards first came out. Yeah, Norkers. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. They just, I kind of like them, and I just sort of grabbed it. I mean, I was Otiug Overlord for a while in another form because I love Otiugs too. They're just one of those weird, like, there's no reason for this monster to exist except that somebody thought it was cool. Right, Norkers don't have any mythological background or literary significance, and you know somebody pointed out you could just put a goblin in plate armor. I'm like, you could, but it's just not the same. It's not the same as an armor plated, <laughs> you know, the thing version of a goblin, a cave, a caveman with a club and these scaly plates on them. I know they're just it's the Russ Nicholson art that sells it for me. They're just cool. <clears throat> All right, so you had mentioned earlier mm -hmm. about fanzines. Yes. Um, and so uh, the reason why we wanted to have you on is, is you are the editor of a new fanzine for the world of Greyhawk called Visions of Greyhawk. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about how, um, how this project got started? What, sure. what was the uh, what were the conversations and the gears going that uh, uh, led to the creation of this uh, fanzine? Sure. The first thing is, so I'm the basically the editor in chief. I'm the project editor, right? Um, but we've got a whole crew of guys. They're all listed in there. I've listed names. I don't want to leave anybody out. But Gary Francisco, Gary Hollian, uh, you know, Lee the Savage Baron. Um, we've got authors that have volunteered to help edit um you see watch i'm now i'm going to let somebody out he's going to write me and say didn't mention me go on the credits page right because it's by no means am i doing all the editorial work i'm doing some high level stuff and helping put it together but it's a team effort right 
Um, so that's the first thing. Uh, what was, I'm sorry, what was the second half of the question? I just wanted to make sure I give all the other guys credit. Yeah, and, and so um, you've got some of those guys on there. I can see um, uh, you, Gary Hollian. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Francisco. Gary Francisco, uh, yeah. Gary he, Francisco, Savage Baron, uh, and then some art people. Yeah, absolutely. So, so okay. Um, so how um, how did this um, project get started? Okay, so it got started because um, I I was I wanted to do a fan project for a while, right? I was always posting stuff. Uh, you know, you post an idea, not a full article, but a, a detailed post on, on Cannon Fire. You get a few comments, you get some feedback from people. And then it kind of sometimes it fades into obscurity. Sometimes it sparks a long thread but only the people reading the thread are really seeing it right um and so i knew that we needed uh, a fanzine um and i thought it would be nice to have one attached to to cannon fire right and i talked to gary hollian about it who had earlier had an idea for like a cannon fire chronicles thing that would sort of be like this um and we i i suggested we i said look i'm going to go ahead and start a fanzine um and he thought you know yeah we should connect it with um with cannon fire and i said that was my intention that's why i was announcing it here so we kicked around names and we liked visions of greyhawk um since i was the guy who had the initiating idea i took the the lead position on it and very quickly we had other volunteers join in um I mean, even before we put out the open call to get help, we already had people saying, hey, I've got an article or I'd love to help edit. Um, the real coup was uh, when we nabbed uh, Lee Savage Baron for layout design because like this is his day job, right? So that's why it, it looks, I think, really nice. It does. Um, it does. I, I'm just flipping through it here. And, and there is, um, uh, you know, he took, he picked so solid fonts. It, it look, you know, solid fonts. It looks sharp. The subheadings look good. The the artwork is of um, kind of uniform, um, and uh, it's got this almost like watercolor. Yeah, he was able to play around with some public domain stuff. I found because it's okay to modify that's public domain, right? And and give it this watercolor look that would match other pieces, so it doesn't have a jarring. Um, like pasted together look at all it, it it really fits together nicely i was very impressed with his work and, and it, it's not long either it, it's uh 32 pages which that's is that's on purpose we're, we're going for 32 pages now in the future we might have to run longer if we just end up with a lot of long pieces but we're aiming for the 32 to you know maybe low 40s it, it depends on it depends on how long the articles we get are we don't want to over we don't want to do really long issues because that might slow down the production we're aiming right now at a quarterly that's a quarterly. soft commitment it mm. it's a soft commitment i want to stress that it depends on if fans want to see these things come out regularly they need to keep sending us stuff we've had a good initial response um we're working on issue two already you know with a few things reserved for the future um, but we're always accepting articles, long or short, and we've definitely got room for more stuff from people to come in. Um, mm -hmm. so, but 
Oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Let's address the elephant in the room, the question that is on some people's minds. Mm -hmm. it's, on, it's on my mind right now. You can read it right off the... Right off... I have a lot of real estate on my forehead right there that doesn't have any hair on it. You can read the question. And, and the question is this. Well, this sounds great, but isn't that what the Orth Journal is for? Is it why is this something that's uh, meant to compete with the Orth Journal? Is this a rivalry going on behind the scenes? What's up with? Um, can you discuss the relationship yes. between Visions of Greyhawk and the Orth Journal? Yeah, I can. I've actually uh, been in contact with Christoph. Great guy, right? He's the Orth Journal editor. Has been for a while now. It's had a lot of editors over the years because it's a long well-established fanzine. Uh, no, it wasn't intended to be any kind of a rival or replacement, and it's not. Orth Journal was still in production. Um, I don't want to get into Christoph's personal stuff, but I mean, it is knowledge in, in, among fans that he, he had an injury, right? And it slowed him down. Um, he's doing a lot better now. We should all pray for him, think good thoughts for him. Um, he's doing a lot better now. He's working on the, on the next issue. I don't know when it will come out. Pretty soon, I think. Um, but I just wanted to start my own thing. It wasn't intended to replace. It wasn't intended to be a rival. I don't think it's operating as one. Um, we definitely have enough Greyhawk fans online for a couple of fanzines. Do we have enough for six? Probably not, right? Do we have enough for two? Absolutely. Um, it's going to cause more people to submit their stuff publication where it otherwise might have gone on a blog that a smaller number of people would see or maybe it wouldn't get written at all you know it would languish in some guy's drawer a half written thing on his computer but two times as many zines means twice as many chances to get published right uh, and i'm having people contributing to us who i haven't seen their names in the orth journal before and then some people who had published there before so we're growing the number of contributors, right? Mm -hmm. I think it will benefit both magazines. Um, yeah. They'll get more stuff. Uh, it's not a zero sum game. Now, when I started in the Orth Journal has of course been delayed for a while, right? Again, I didn't know the full backstory on that, but there's no drama there. Uh, I think there have been people who don't know me or don't know Christoph that thought, you know, when you get questions like, oh, is this like a branch offer or whatever, it's it's unrelated except that the common thread is Greyhawk. You are going to see some names in common because we're all Greyhawk fans, right? Um, like look at the member list for Greyhawk online and Cannon Fire and half of it's the same guys, right? Um, so yeah, that's Sorry, that's not a very juicy tidbit, except, like I said, I've been in contact with Christoph, encouraging him. Uh, he's he's working on getting, uh, it's number 37 now, I think, out the yeah. door. Uh, I believe it's going to have an article by Roger Moore on uh, a follow-up on portals yeah. in the world of Greyhawk. I'm really looking yep. forward to that in particular. Uh, but I'm sure it will be published to the same high standards that all the previous Orth journals have been. Um, and I look forward to it as much as everybody else does. Oh, and yeah. I encourage people to contribute to it. Um, send stuff to them, too. Uh, we haven't worked out a, a joint um, a joint submissions policy. So if you are sending anything to them and to us, like just 
let me know so that I don't accidentally like start working on something that they're about to do. Um, we don't have a formal thing worked out yet. It may not even be necessary. I don't know. But yeah, they're very much a going concern. However, at the time that it started the zine, I had no idea when the next one was going to come out. Um, well, I got to say, so as a as a current like proofreader, helper outer with um, Fourth Journal, I, I don't mm-hmm. see a big deal with there being two. In fact, I'm kind of a more the merrier kind of guy. Like you Good. said, there's so much Greyhawk out there. And the community continues to grow through all the, the events we have online. And it's so easy to just write a story and submit it. I, I think it's great. So I don't, yeah. and Christoph is a stand up guy. I don't think he's he going to see this as some kind of a weird threat, goofy thing. So I, you know, I, I didn't get the impression that he did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think uh, some people were concerned about, you know, number of articles or whatever, but we're getting so many new people. It, it's going to end up feeding both magazines, the Greyhawk websites, like it, it's going to contribute to the, in the last few years, there's been an upsurge of interest online in the setting, mm-hmm. right? More people, that's fair. people starting games, people playing games, you got virtual Greyhawk con. Um, so this is just part of that. It's part of that wave. We're writing that. Um, I'm also, you know, actively recruiting guys who haven't written for a fanzine before and saying, Hey, you know, that's a great idea. Oh, you've got some campaign notes on that should clean those up and send them in um yeah i didn't oh sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna say uh, an embarrassment of riches is good thing exactly um if you think in 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 any fandom or with Mm -hmm. anything if, if the more resources you have to draw from the better um and the more greyhawk we have the better um so tell us a little bit about the kinds of submissions you had mm-hmm. for the first for the first uh, <clears throat> uh, magazine. So for the first one, you know, we we published everything that we were given, uh, and we will we we cast the net pretty broad, you know, pretty wide, right? Um, and uh, obviously, we look for quality in an article, but this is an amateur thing. It's a fanzine, right? And especially if an author is willing to work with us to improve something, you know, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a nice mix. I was really pleased that we had some fifth edition stuff, some old school, like first edition or OSR type stuff, and um, some things that were oriented more towards third, and a number of articles that were largely rules free, you know, lore heavy. and. I don't know if the mix will always look like that, but it, it's nice. There's a little something for fans of all editions and eras in there. Um, we So we had, uh, well, you can read the table of contents list, right? And we could talk about each article really briefly if you wanted to. Do you have it open in front of you? I've got Why don't we right do here. it that way? Yeah. yeah. Just go from the top well, there's down. A, there's a forward by some editor guy named Ewan, yeah, you blah, blah, blah. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mission, vision, that kind of, that's pretty cool. Nice way to start things off. Yeah, people should read it, but yeah. We got a, it looks like a kind of an info story, maybe. It's a little thing called The Knights of Eventide by Paul Durcheka. Hope I got that close to right, Paul. Um, Talking about one of the orders of knights. Arthar and the Cleric. To to Nyrond. Yeah, so that's Um, Arthar and the Cleric on the Cannon Fire forums, right? Yeah, he's he's been on the the discussion. I I know people usually by their screen names, so. He lives lives in the Antipodes, you know, he's... His toilet flushes backwards. He walks right, upside down on the other yeah, side. Yeah, down in the... Yeah. Don't he, you know, mate? 
yeah. fights cave spiders. But um, yeah, so Knights <laughs> of the Eventide is a Nyrond article right now. He yep. is the Nyrond guy. He's got a Nyrond gazetteer. Um, he's uh, he helped us find art for various things, and you know, he's he's written a whole book, like I said, on Nyrond. Uh, and I think that's where he usually runs his campaigns. Um, so the Knights of the Eventide is a uh, I, what I would call a minor knightly order, like a local one. Um, and it's an article that's not heavy on stats or crunch, but there's a little bit, you know, there are references you, that you could use for AD&D or for fifth in it. Um, but it's uh, basically some local history uh, of this knighthood, um, how they, how that uh, order develops through the wars timeline. And it's got some adventure hooks in it. Uh, some really nice art for it too. And it's a short digestible article that could be easily used in any Nyrond campaign. Um, and while it uses the wars timeline, it's very easy to flip a few things around and run that pre-wars if you want. You just mm -hmm. change it to a conflict with, with some other power, right? That happens a little bit earlier. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was one I particularly enjoyed. Um, so that's that sounds like kind of a maybe a DM resource if you're it, planning it's, it's, to incorporate yeah. that as part of your arc. Yeah, it's a DM resource. Uh, a player could definitely use it too, though. Like if I'm playing a knight, say in your campaign, and it takes place anywhere near Nyrond, yeah. right? Anywhere in that part of the map, I might say, "Oh, my cavalier is a member of the Knights of the Eventide, and he's traveling for adventure elsewhere." You know, so we don't even have to be in Nyrond, right? We could be. Ernst or Free City of Greyhawk or whatever, but I could be a Knight of the Eventide because um, knighthoods are cool, right? Knighthoods or are bone cool. March. Yeah, why not, right? Yeah, Bone March, that would be really cool. Um, so yeah, it could be a player resource too, to help you develop your background. Um, nice. Next article? Yeah, let's talk about the next article. And, and yeah. this, this is a... Uh, uh, Neat appendix and kingdom rules. Oh, Tell us about yeah. this because we're having um, our, our previous episode just had uh, uh, a man you mentioned, Oblivion Seeker Les Reno, on mm. who's going to be doing a regular section on appendix and uh, uh, and Greyhawk. So, so here we have an, an article on appendix N. Uh, yeah, and it's it's a uh, what I would call a non-crunchy system neutral, not even edition neutral, system neutral uh, domain rules system um, that uh, you know, doesn't involve a lot of complicated tables or math. Uh, I like the simulation of stuff, but this is a narrative narrative structure um, by this is Sam Weiss, right? Samuel Weiss, whose stuff is. Uh, He's known as a wild Greyhawk heretic, uh, in a good way, right? In a good way, um, and he's he's contributed a lot of a lot of stuff that we haven't printed yet, right? Like we we're always getting new articles from him, um, so you're going to see him a lot in the future. I enjoyed this one because it has some humorous elements to it, but it's not a joke article. Like it's it's written to be used. It's definitely a DM resource. Um, I don't want to spoil too much. People can read it. It's only a few pages. Uh, but if you want a more narrative approach that models some of the literature the game is based on, that's why it's called Appendix N Rules, right? And it opens with that Conan quote from, uh, is, it, is it Phoenix on the Sword? Maybe. Yep. Where he's talking to Count Tricaro. Love that story. Uh, I, I think I think what you should do mm -hmm. is you should pitch 
a separate website called Conan Fire. Just 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 because Conan rocks. I I'm I'm a, a Robert E. Howard fan. I read the the ace the ace books when I was a kid because my dad had them all. Um, although I prefer the the original, was it 17 or so Howard stories to the pastiches? Not that the pastiches aren't good. And we don't want to drift too far off track. But anyway, nope. that is a fun little article. I would recommend any DM who's interested in you've got high-level characters that are running a domain, but you don't want to deal with a lot of paperwork and you want an adventure-friendly sort of random events running your domain system. Samwise wrote it for you. It's right there, ready to be used. Nice. Next one. See if Next one. Troy. Yeah. Troy. Troy Alamon um, of yes. the uh, Les Lakafka module reinvigoration fame, I believe. Yes. Um, yes. The Aquatic Norker. The Aquatic Norker. So some underwater cousins of the land-based Norker. What's that all about? Well, Troy uh, has written a lot of different stuff. He's working on multiple fan projects. He's Gulf of Gyar, right? Yep. Arm of Qualish. Uh, a lot of his, not all of this stuff by any means, but a lot of his stuff is related to the seas of the world of Greyhawk and things that are going on on the seas and under them. Um, again, he's he's written other material too, but he is particularly interested in the seas. Um, he was a submariner. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, and so the Aquatic Norker article, he wrote, um, he got Dan Smith to do the Aquatic Norker pick. He bought a bunch of Dan Smith art, right? He's, I think, he's got a good relationship with the guy who knows him. Um, that was, I think, partly for me, right? Because I'm the Norker, so he was like, I'm going to make an aquatic Norker, and he wrote him up, and, and, he, and <laughs> I was surprised to see Dan Smith art. Uh, and this was something that he did before we started the zine. Uh, he was working on, but they're they were perfect for the zine, right? Because it's a a short entry. What is it? Two pages or something with with art. Um, it's a monster, uh, written up for first edition and for fifth, right? So you can run ADD first, second, any of the old school games with one set of stats or fifth with the other set. Um, and they're given a, uh, a full, uh, monster description, you know, the society, the way they behave, their attack forms, and a really nice piece of art by Dan Smith. And you're probably looking at it now, right? I, I was impressed. So... That's the Aquatic Norker. Uh, next. Next, we've got some magic items. Uh, yeah. So um, these are by uh, Paul Beal, right, who is one of the guys that contacted me online uh, to volunteer. And I said, you know, uh, we're, we're filling out the issue. Uh, what, do you have some material? And he said, well, you know, I love to make magic items. And I've got a number of ones that work, you know, that are Greyhawk. But... Um, you know, it's not an article. And I said, well, yeah, it is. Let me look at it. And it was totally an article, right? It's We're doing it like a Bazaar of the Bazaar from Dragon Magazine, <laughs> yeah. if you remember yep. those, right? Yep. You don't need to write a long narrative for this kind of article. Right. So Beal is a, is, is a great guy for this stuff. He's going to be working on some maps and stuff for the future because that's something he's also into. Um, and I'm sure we'll see some more articles from him going ahead. He's also uh, doing a little work helping us edit the next issue. So I thank him for that. Uh, but these are really cool article. Uh, sorry, these are really cool items in this article, and you'll notice that every single one of them has a Greyhawk specific background that he wrote for it. It's connected to Turosh Mac, or it's connected to some other character or place in the setting. And he really followed um, Greyhawk Adventures 
right. magical items model for that, which I, I really liked there. Now they're easy to adapt. You don't have to run these in Greyhawk, right? Anybody running another campaign world or a homebrew could change some of the names and adapt it to a setting very easily. Uh, but they do have that grounded in the setting feel, which is what I was hoping for and what he delivered. So good job, Paul. Um, next one. Yeah. Yeah. And now this is really neat. Samwise has um, put out some animals. Yes. Yeah. Now this is this a is longer cool. piece. And um, I found a lot of the public domain art for this. And then Lee touched it up with that watercolor look that gives it, it just really makes it look nice. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to thank Lee again for that. Um, so this is Samwise. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, and people should read the article. But yep. ba basically, he took uh, prehistoric North America, the Pleistocene, yeah, uh, for for his model, um, for like what the finesse was like in the pre-migration era, and then you know it he develops it from there. He doesn't just stick to that, but that gave him a framework to. Um, to talk about what sort of animals lived where. And you will see little flashes of Samwise's interesting heresies um, <laughs> in, in there. I love it, right? I, I use the term jokingly, right? Um, I mean, Greyhawk is all about making it your own. And that is yeah. something that we are really, that's why it's visions of Greyhawk, plural, visions. Yeah, right? not, love that. Not my campaign or Gary Hollian's campaign or let's try to stick exactly to what we think of the way TSR wrote something or, or Watsi published something, but open it up, right, to a wide variety of, of, of different uh, interpretations. Love it. Love it. And, and then we've, it looks like we've got next a, looks like Troy has submitted another article. This yes. one. Uh, a circle of the sea for druids for fifth edition. Yeah, subclass for five E. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So uh, it, they could be adapted. You'd have to do the crunch yourself if you wanted to adapt them to another edition. But if you're a five E player, we are going to support you. We are going to publish five E stuff, right? This is um. We're going to publish OSR stuff and AD and D stuff. We're we're trying to hit all of it. It's awesome. Some articles will have dual stats and some won't because of length considerations or what the author wanted to write. But we're going to support different editions, different eras, all Greyhawk. Um, yeah, so I'm not a big 5e player, but like I said, I have a little experience with the system and I enjoyed it. And I think that somebody running a, um, a maritime campaign or even just a single adventure to use one of these guys as an NPC, right? would yep. find would find this a very useful article um, and it's I, got lovely dan smith art may i add yep. and uh just as a little i'm not going to say any spoilage but mm -hmm. there's he's got it tied to kind of mm. greyhawk lore yes he um, does so it's very cool that way so it's 5e but tied to canon lore if you will so we'll leave it at that because again we want folks to read this yeah go read um, it go yeah, read it but if you look cool. you'll you'll find every article that we publish is going to be really a Greyhawk article, right? That doesn't yeah. mean it won't be useful for other things. They can all be adapted, but they're all going to have, you know, varying degrees of connection, but they will all be in some way rooted in the setting related to it. And this is no exception. Yeah. Um, next one. 
Yeah, and it, it, you've, it looks like you you fill out the rest of the article with an article from Gary Hullion himself. Yes, yeah. Crack the whip, Shh, Gary, get writing. No, uh, he, did, right. he did a great job on that one. That is Panzos, the cruel. And I don't want to give too many spoilers about that article, except to say that it's uh, written basically for AD&D, right? Yep. It's an yep. old school style article. But it's a God article, and it would be very easy to adapt um, to third or fifth. You know, you just come up with the domains and stuff. That, this should be very evident from, from reading the text. And it does relate to pirates and to the sea princes. Uh, and I don't want to give too much more away about that one because I'd like people to be surprised oh, I, by a few things in it. I don't, I don't want to give a lot away, but I'm planning on using that. Oh, cool. Yeah, I That's like the sea princes a lot. I ran a, a brief game. It wasn't set in the Sea Princes, but the players visited this. The player characters visited the Sea Princes for a while. Yeah. Uh, so, that's, that's from this, mm -hmm. so let me see if I can understand this. From what I'm seeing, you're accepting all sorts of articles short, yeah. long, first edition, third edition, fifth edition, stories, lore, mm -hmm. ideas um any sorts any a, anything greyhawk related that can be extended to two or three pages of text oh it doesn't have to be that long it does could it? be it could be a half page or one page so, say you send me half a page of magic items and he sends me half a page of magic items i'll do what dragon or white dwarf did and i'll put them together as one article list you both and say you know you made this monster you made that item put your name on it yeah. So people should not be afraid to send us, even if you have a single monster or a single item or a single NPC, and that's what you want to send us, we can find a way to make it work in there. You might wait till next issue and we'll publish a couple of NPCs together. Magazines always have spaces they need to fill. So short, art, very short pieces are welcome. Super um, handy. Yeah. As, as are longer ones. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt though. Go, yeah. no, go on. No, that's... And so that's... That's that's good to know. So you don't have to um, sit banging your head on the keyboard. Oh, I've got to write five thousand words article. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a couple stack blocks, got a, some notes you wrote for your campaign. Thought it was pretty cool. Send it in. I like it. Yeah. How how can people? What what is the uh, submission method here? Do we have okay. to? Is it? Um, You've got the but, email right there, right? Um, so it's uh, read read the email out to him right from the link. Yeah, where does it? Um, pulling. I have to scroll all the way back to the top now. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I make you work. I'm doing there. I have an ulterior motive here because we're going to get an article out of you. You're going to get two out of me. Two, yes, and I know the topic for one of them, but we'll keep that. We'll keep that uh, hush, under hush. the hat. Yeah, yeah, for now. You get a crunchy one and a non-crunchy one. Yeah. Um, let's see. Is there a, is there an email? Is I'm going to give it to you now. Are you ready? Give it. Yeah. So, um, hold on a second. Visions of Greyhawk at uh, gmail.com. Make it hard for us. There. Yeah. Do you want me to type it out for you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm joking. Um, so I also put it as my signature on some of the online forums that I'm on, which is a nice 
by the way, if anybody's doing a fan project or a zine or something, that's a good idea. And I think uh, Big Mac is the one who told me to do that. Um, but it is, uh, it's a good idea. Oh no, I just got, I've got the link up to the magazine there. You can also find the conspectus on Cannon Fire, um, where we give a, a fuller description of essentially what the magazine was about, right? You can get that from reading the uh, first issue too, though. Um, but we are hosting the magazine on Cannon Fire. So one of the reasons why we started it is to provide a place for the sort of articles that would appear on Cannon Fire um, to appear in the magazine and get more exposure that way, right? So Cannon Fire will still have articles, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, there might be some special projects going forward. You can talk to Gary Hawaiian about that, though. I'm not directly involved in any of that stuff. Format for people who want to send it. Um, and, and, and note, dear listeners, all you have to do is email visionsofgreyhawk at gmail.com. None of the, you don't even have to sign it, sign it in triplicate, send it in, send it back, queried, lost, found, subject to public inquiry. None of that. Um, you just have to email it. What format are you would be helpful to you? Okay, so word word or something similar. And yeah, visions of Greyhawk at gmail.com. It's not you know, it's all I, I do it all lowercase. It probably shouldn't be case case sensitive though. Um I, I'm looking at the conspectus here to, so I can just quote the article submission guidelines. Articles need to be related to the world of Greyhawk, obviously, right? Um you can write game stats, rules support any edition of D&D. OSR games, similar stuff. That's cool, too, right? It does not have to be official D&D. Um, Mechanics-free, that's fine. It can be crunchy. It can be lore, whatever. Um, please only send me your own work, not somebody else's stuff, not your buddies, whatever. If you want your buddy to submit, get him to do it. Um, we do have a few rules. Uh, no AI-generated text, please. Um, and, uh, it, a file that we can edit, not, not like a PDF that we'll have trouble with a word document or something similar would be good. I'll, I'll kick it back to you and let you know if we can't open it. I haven't had any trouble yet. We're using Google docs to do the edits and it, it seems to be pretty tolerant of a variety of formats. If it's over a thousand words, um, uh, an outline or a summary would be nice. But oftentimes the article title will basically tell me what it's about, right? Um, so like you could you could put a header in there and like say, hey, Norker, I've got an article that's a uh, mini module with a dungeon map. Like that's all you have to do. You don't have to write a long synopsis or something for a few pages of article just to let me know what it's about um, if it's not already evident from the title. Um, what else? We'll basically take a wide range of things. So as I said, a miniature module, something that we could squeeze into one issue that's several pages or like a one page dungeon format. That would be great. Rogues gallery, you know, NPC type stuff, mysterious places, uh, a town or a city with a map and a key spells, items, stuff on the gods lore and history of the setting you can send us some short fiction if you like as long as it's set in the world of greyhawk um 
races, cultures, peoples of the world, um, conversions or adaptations of other material. If it's got detailed notes, um, that would be useful too. I would also be interested in receiving art, um, comic strips, uh, illustrations. If somebody wants to do more illustrations for articles, we're always open to that possibility. So yeah, a wide range of stuff. I don't want to babble here. Were there any other questions about that? No, that, 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 that's I think good. I covered uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, well, anyway, from on behalf of the community, we just want to thank you for putting your some some many hours of your 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 life into this uh, magazine. Uh, it, it's it looks great, and uh, um, and we hope that many more come and um, and it, it gets great use. I'm pretty confident that we'll. Um we'll be releasing several in the, the not distant future. Um, we have a team of people working on it, right? And I'm coming up with backup plans in case, you know, anything happens with me. But we are on track for a second issue. I don't want to talk too much about deadlines and release dates uh, because those are, you know, those are things that are always fluid, always fluid in publishing. But we are getting material. And as we get more, we will move forward. Um, I feel very confident that you will see uh, a good, well set up autumn issue from us. And uh, ah, what is that? It's it's Mrs. Norker. <laughs> sneak attack with sneak attack backstab with, times with four a, damage. That's right. <laughs> oh, and you know I'm sure that everybody knows this already, but because this is a fanzine, it's completely free, guys. Completely free. free, as is the Orth Journal. Um, you know, that's free. People can go read back issues. I do. Um, I oh, just yeah. wanted to re I wanted to remind people because I think Christoph had expressed some concern in the past that people were maybe not aware that they were coming out with another one at some point here fairly soon. And they are. So please go uh after you after you download visions and read it i strongly encourage anybody who hasn't already if there are greyhawk fans who who don't have all the earth journals already downloaded go get them they're free and they're an awesome resource absolutely absolutely 100 percent okay well norker thank you for uh thank absolutely. you for coming on how yeah. can we how can how can we get in contact with norker not just not the visions of greyhawk right. Norker, but the but the Norker, I want to chat with Norker. Norker, you go on Discord and you join Cannon Fire, right? So, if you're rather go to Cannon Fire and then click on the Cannon Fire Discord, like when you're on the website, it will take you right into the Discord channel and right into the server. Uh, and I'm there as Norker, or am I Norker Redux right now? Anyway, um, you, you'll see me on there, you'll see some of the memes I post. And it's a great crew of guys there. And most, not everybody, but most of the people working on the scene are also on there. Uh, some guys aren't. We got people from different places that came in. Um, and you'll also see a lot of the same people that you'll meet if you join uh, Virtual Greyhawk Con, which I know this is not an interview about that, but I just want to remind Greyhawk fans that yes. is a thing, and you can sign up for it now. Yep. That 
I don't think you can sign up for the games yet, but you could buy your badge. I already yeah. did. Yep. So um, I encourage people if they're interested, you got time. That'll be in our October when it actually runs. Yeah. Yeah. October um, six, seven, and eight. But I'm I'm going to be there. As am I. Yep. yep. All right. Well, we sure appreciate you, uh, Ewan. Um, this is a really cool thing, and I just want to reiterate, I think there's uh, plenty of room for for two fanzines. Oh, yeah, for sure. Greyhawk is a ginormous thing, and then when you multiply that times the internet and everybody's passion for the setting, uh, I think this is a really cool thing, man. So congratulations on your Thank first you. issue, and uh, here's to many, many more. And uh, gosh, uh, Greycast fans, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, uh, we will we will see you with our next episode in a couple of weeks. So uh, please, while you're out there bombing around, be safe, be kind, and we'll see you next time. Cool.